Entling on second down. Entling lobs it sideline. Chark lost his man. DJ Chark waltzes in. Touchdown LSU. I, I, to the top of my main bed. Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Before we get into the content today, we are officially sponsored now by Reality Sports Online. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction war room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and tons of cool features in addition to free agency like a rookie draft, multiple team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code DD to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysports.com. Today we're going to talk about one of the or fastest risers of all the offseason with DJ Shark, wide receiver of LSU. I brought in a special guest to join me to discuss him today, Billy Marshall. You can follow him on Twitter at BillyM91. He does film and NFL draft work for Cat Scratch Reader, which is the SB Nation affiliate for the Carolina Panthers. Billy, how are we doing today? Doing pretty well. Um, you know, the combine just finished up and it's good to see some athletic receivers in the mold like DJ Shark. So I'm excited to talk about him today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if anyone is helped themselves more this offseason than DJ Shark has between the Senior Bowl and lighting that up and then coming in and blazing a 4-3-4 40-yard dash, which is the fastest among all receivers. It's in the 95th percentile. I don't have his uh, weight-adjusted 40, but I'm guessing it's going to be even better than that. And then he jumped out of the gym too, right, with a 40-inch vertical, 129-inch broad jump, both which were in the 90th percentiles. So he tested out awesome as an athlete. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that kind of surprised me because – I thought he was more of a straight line guy. Um, now, obviously, he didn't do the agility drills of three cone or short shuttle. I think he said he's going to do them at his pro day. But uh, as far as ex- explosive testing with the jumps and the forty, I was pretty impressed, you know, with those results. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just jump right into it with his film. When you watch Shark, what's what gets you most excited about his game? Definitely. So I think the first thing that stands out is his ability to get vertical, and I think. Uh, you know, especially in the college game, you don't really see, you know, athletes like this just, you know, being able to get vertical within like two to three seconds and really stretching a defense. And, you know, I understand he played in an offense that was, you know, at times a little challenged to throw the ball uh, with a quarterback in Danny Etling. But, you know, I still felt that he opened up things underneath and he opened up some other, you know, potentially took some men out of the box to help Darius guys as well with, you know, just his ability to get vertical. Uh, so obviously, you know, just that, you know, one skill set stands out for me. And I think that's very valuable, especially in today's NFL. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's pretty obviously the number one thing that jumps off his film is the fact that he can get vertical, the fact that he can make plays down the field. And, you know, you add that in with a good senior bowl week and then a testing time like that. And everything just confirms, you know, he's, he's a deep speed guy, the kind of guy that can take the top off a of defense and be a field stretcher and do a lot of other things. And then 
You know, I don't know if he'll be asked to do this in the NFL, but he returned, what, 18 punts in his college career, two of which were for touchdowns. His production, he wasn't really a productive receiver till his senior year. We came out where he caught 40 passes for 874 yards, which is a 21.9 average. And the year before, he had a 17.9 average, just to kind of give some numbers for backing just how good of a deep threat he is. And, you know, this is one thing I don't care that much for about receivers, but one thing I was impressed with him was I thought he was a good blocker, too. I mean, they put him in line. He would do some crackback blocks. He he had a bit of toughness to his game. He would chirp after he would lay somebody out. And I always like that if my receivers can add a dimension to my run game on top of being a field stretcher, you know, that can really do a lot for the run game. Oh, 100%. And I would yeah, go a little further on top of that and speak to his toughness. And I was pleasantly surprised with how he did in contested situations. Um, you know, you don't really see that, especially with you know, if you think about guys like Will Fuller and Ted Ginn, who are also kind of in a similar mold, I thought he was pretty strong, um, you know, at the catch point, And that was one area where it kind of surprised me. Um, but yes, um, you know, in Matt Canada's offense, who Matt Canada was the LSU offensive coordinator last year, it's a lot of motions and a lot of pre-snap movement. And yeah, he would definitely, you know, down block and get on the perimeter and help block lanes for Darius guys. So uh, yeah, that's definitely a positive for him too. So the question is, is he more than just a deep threat? Because he profiles as someone that could be mm-hmm. spectacular with his athletic testing, but he could also just be a, the kind of guy that gets vertical for your team and doesn't do that much more. Where are you at with that? Yeah, you know, I think he actually, he, he is definitely more than just a vertical guy because I saw him run a diverse route tree at LSU. I saw him run a good amount of drags, digs, you know, ran some outs, and he was pretty proficient on the uh, some in-breaking routes like posts and you know deep corner routes. So I saw him run a full diverse route tree. Um, you know, obviously before Matt Canada was there, they had a they had another pro style offense the year before. Um, but and I saw a little. I didn't watch too much tape of him in 2016, but uh, I think he has a familiarity with you know running a complete route tree. So I, I would certainly say that he you know he he can do it. Um, now it's about applying it um, you know on a field in an NFL offense and what he's being asked to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say he, he's definitely not just a one trick pony. He, he has a pretty refined skill set. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's some routes he runs better than others. I, I wish he was better on comebacks and hitches. I thought, you know, he didn't always sink his hips the best. I think he does have decent feet. I wish they were a little bit better. I kind of would have been very curious to see what that three cone time was. But there's another, I was watching another Dame game earlier today and he, it's one area where I also feel like James Washington struggles a little bit. It's, you know, when they're stemming outside and, you know, completing that outbreaking route where you have to kind of sink your hips and, um, you know, make a sharp cut. And that's one area where he, he runs a little high in his routes. Uh, so if he can kind of, you know, become a little, little lower um, center of gravity when he's, you know, within his routes, I think he can really kind of sell it a little more to the defense. I think I know the exact play you're talking about where it's an outbreaking route and he rounds the route. I think he starts cutting at the 39 and he ends up at like the 42 and the defensive back has an opportunity to drive on the ball. It's almost a pick. Yes. Uh, yep. Yep. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. So I, I know the play. I made no, I made the same note where, you know, he, he might round his routes a little bit. I, I think there's room to develop because, I mean, that's one of the things about LSU receivers in general, right, is that these guys come from offenses that are predominantly run first with quarterbacks that aren't very good and they end up in the NFL and do a lot better and he has the athletic traits where he he's probably a high ceiling prospect and I don't want to call him a high floor guy but I think that no matter what he does in the NFL he will always have that field stretching ability to fall back on oh 100 percent and 
just speaking from my own experience, you know, being a Carolina Panthers fan, that's exactly what they need. Um, you know, you, you saw last year, they didn't have Ted Ginn on their team and kind of really showed up in their passing offenses and ability to, you know, drive the ball vertically down the field. So, uh, yeah, that, that's certainly a valuable component within any offense, not just, you know, pro style. So I think we're talking about a high ceiling guy, but, you know, there are definitely warts in his game. There's definitely some flaws. So there's some things that concern you with his game? Certainly. I, I, I definitely felt that he... He got a little too high within his routes, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, I think he'd do a little bit better job of when he's releasing. Um, you know, against Alabama, who they like to press their corners, and of course, Alabama's like the pinnacle of any college defense. So you're you're going to be facing the best of the best. But uh, I thought he could have done a better job against press, and he didn't really use his hands as well as I'd like to to you know separate himself. You know, he obviously has the speed. He has some pretty good strength to him as well. Um, so, you know, if he can kind of advance in that department, then uh, and that would certainly be a positive because I think he did bail himself out a couple of times by making some back shoulder throws against them, um, you know, because he couldn't separate from them. But, uh, you know, he, he that's still, you know, one thing that, you know, a lot of college receivers struggled with. So uh, it's a pretty common uh, criticism for a lot of young guys. Yeah, I think he had good body control. So here, here's an issue, and you tell me if, if you saw the same thing. So normally when we talk about guys where we worry about their hands, they have high drop rates, and he had a 2.9% drop rate. So that is that is not a high drop rate at all. That's incredible. But I didn't think he tracked the football very well. I thought there are a lot of plays <clears> where he'd go down the field. He would adjust to it late. Um, there are a couple of plays down the field where he almost caught the ball as if it was a punt. Um, I There was a, con- a couple contested catch situations where he made the play. I and he made the play way more difficult than it needed to be because he was struggling to track the ball and adjust his body. Is that a concern of yours? Yeah, certainly. And, you know, you know it's one of the area where I, I also saw some uh, deficiencies in Curtis Samuel's game, and he was a second-round pick for the Panthers last year. Uh, he definitely does not have the best catch technique, uh, speaking of DJ Chark. Um, you know, I, I saw a lot of body catches. Uh, you know, I didn't see him kind of stick out his hands and sink and, you know, be able to protect himself. And, you know, that kind of hinders his ability to gain yards after catch because he's so good at it. So he has to, you know, really have, you know, work on, you know, his catch technique because I think that's a pretty integral part of you know, any receiver's game. Yeah, and one of the things I heard was down at the Senior Bowl that that's something he was improving a lot on and looking a lot better. I know he had a really good week of practice and in the game. And then a couple of the people that I talked to down there said that they wondered almost like if it's not something he worked on very much at LSU and that it's something he was going to get better at. But to me, if he's going to be a really successful deep threat, him tracking the ball successfully is going to be important. And then on these back shoulder throws and these contested catch situations, I mean, I want him to use his 6'4 frame and be able to come down with 50-50 balls. And that it's a lot easier to do that when you high point the ball and you track it better as opposed to letting it come into your body and giving the defensive back an opportunity to knock it down. Yeah, 100%. And I saw an interesting note today in an article on NFL.com. Um, it mentioned uh, you know, the Buffalo safeties, Micah Hyde and uh, Jordan Poyer, uh, they come from baseball backgrounds. And you know, Sean McDermott mentioned that was a good thing because it helps them track balls like they're in outfield and helps them kind of, you know, come down with, you know, a lot of interceptions. And, uh, you know, a guy they mentioned was Jesse Bates of Wake Forest safety, but not to, you know, kind of transform this conversation to something else. You know, that's kind of a skill set that, you know, really helps for, you know, a wide receiver is being able to help track the ball. And, um, you know, you know, Ted Ginn, he had some issues with that in the past, but, you know, he seems to have gotten a lot better at it, you know, you know, pr- productive wide receiver now in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it feels like one, the day Ginn left Carolina was the day he learned how to catch a football. 
But so when you watch DJ Chark, is there anyone that he reminds you of? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a couple players like, you know, Will Fuller, uh, Ted Ginn, obviously, like I said, with his ability to get vertical. Um, and, you know, just the way Ginn was used in New Orleans this year kind of gives me some optimism that an NFL offense will be able to, um, you know, harness his, you know, Chark skill set in a similar way. Um, you know, I think Carolina would be like a perfect landing spot because they haven't you know, replace skin and they need a guy who can get vertical and kind of stretch defenses out and help open up air- other areas of the field, even if he's not, you know, catching explosive passes on the field. So, uh, yeah, I-, I think a guy like Will Fuller or Ted Ginn definitely uh, make a lot of sense as a comparison for him. So the guy that he reminds me of is Brashad Perryman, and that's going to have a lot of people down on him. The reason I say that is because Perryman came, and keep in mind, Perryman was a first-round pick, but he was a guy with a ton of speed, a, a good size that struggled to track the ball some and had some issues with his hands. And so that's why I'm thinking with Shark, but I agree with your Ted Ginn thing. Like, obviously, they're different builds, but in terms of their ideal roles in the NFL, I mean, I think that's probably spot on. Yeah, and I, I liked Perryman coming out of UCF too. So I, I don't think you're off base with that comparison at all. Um, I remember you know watching Perryman, and I think it was his final year, the year after Blake Bortles at UCF, the quarterback there just couldn't throw him an accurate pass at all, and it was so frustrating to watch. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think that's a you know I don't think you're off base there either. I know you mentioned the Panthers, and it's funny because that's that was the team that I was going to suggest. I thought. You know, let me, let me tell Billy that I'm going to support his team and give him a guy exactly that he needs. But if it wasn't the Carolina Panthers, where would you like to see him go? So I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking maybe Seattle uh, because they're you know potentially going to lose Paul Richardson in free agency. I think that would be a really good fit with Russell Wilson, um, you know, helping him you know get vertical down the field. Uh, you know, opens up some scrambling lanes for Wilson too if he's ever wants to take off. Um, Arizona. Uh, I know it's you know a different offense with Mike McCoy there, but uh, you know again that not only does it help David Johnson find like the little dump offs and checkdowns that he usually runs in the Texas routes, but again you know whatever, whatever quarterback they end up signing, it's going to be you know an asset for them too. So uh, yeah, I like you know those two fits you know outside of Carolina, I think make a lot of sense. So the one receiver that I continue to hear that Panthers fans want is Sammy Watkins. And so when I thought of that, and then I thought of, well, Shark would be a perfect fit in Carolina. Would he then be a perfect fit in St. Louis as the replacement for Watkins? And you look at Cup and Woods, and they're not exactly downfield stretchers. And I think Shark could really add to that team if they lose Watkins in free agency and kind of replace that deep ball threat there. I Yeah, I don't think that's a terrible you know, option either. I do remember... Uh, a couple. What was it last week? Sean McVay was, you know, talking up Josh Reynolds, who was a rookie last year, and I was a big fan of Josh Reynolds at Texas A&M. Um, obviously, I don't think he is, you know, presents a similar skill set than Chark, uh, but you know, I'll be curious to see, you know, how they, if they do lose Watkins, how they replace him. And I think Chark, you know, he's not a bad option either. Um, you know, I know Watkins didn't produce as well as he had in Buffalo, but I think, you know. He helped Robert Woods and Cup and, you know, the tight end who I'm for or Higby uh, really helped them kind of inflate their stats in a way by his ability to get vertical. So, yeah, I don't think you're that's a terrible landing spot either. Yeah, that's a good call about Josh Reynolds. I was high on him as well last year. And I'm basically trying to think of if, you're, if your favorite team needs a field stretcher, Shark is certainly someone that you wanted for him to be on your team's radar. But I just want to thank you for coming out, man. I love following your stuff on Twitter. I mean, you're always posting new videos. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, sure. So my Twitter account is BillyM underscore 91. And I, you know, I'm 
usually doing some draft scouting reports for Cat Scratch Reader. Uh, you can follow that, and I'll be posting a lot more videos, you know, as the weeks go on until we, you know, head up into late April. So looking forward to it. Yeah, guys, he, he posts some of the best videos that I've seen on Twitter. I mean, some of them are all 22 angles. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a ton of fun. He's a, he's a great follow. I can't recommend it enough. Billy, just want to thank you for coming on again. Again, guys, follow him at... Uh, at Billy M underscore 91. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Christ. Uh, you're listening to the Draft Daily Podcast. As always, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We really appreciate you listening, guys. Thank you. Yeah,